Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to episode 34 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. One of the biggest things that I hear from teachers across the world is that they don't have enough of one thing. Can you guess it? Say it out loud if you can get it right. Let's see. Let's do it together. One, two, three. Time. Did you get it right? I hear it constantly. Heck, sometimes I even let it slip and say it myself. There's just not enough time. The thing is that oftentimes when we feel like we're short on time, it's because we're dealing with some serious decision fatigue. And decision fatigue can have you wasting time because you just don't know what to do. That's why in this episode, we're going to talk about ways to reduce that decision fatigue to boost your energy and your focus. And seriously, this is one of those episodes you're going to want to share with a friend because there's no gatekeeping here. I am spilling some well-kept secrets. So let's get into it. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I want to give a community reviewer of the week shout out to Eliza P99, who left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. She says, Brittany is on a mission to really help teachers. Teachers are drowning, but the positivity and practical ideas they can get on this podcast could truly help. Every teacher should listen in and get a reset on their mindset. And I want to say thank you so much, Eliza P, for leaving this amazing review. It really means a lot to me that you would recommend the podcast to others because as teachers, we have to look out for each other, right? We have to say, hey, I've got your back. And like, what better way than to share this podcast with other friends by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or sharing it to your stories. But I did want to mention this one part. You said positivity. And while yes, I absolutely want to be a positive influence for teachers, I am looking objectively at every scenario. And I do everything in my power to be as non-biased and inclusive as possible so as not to spew 
toxic positivity. There is enough of that in education as it is. And instead, I want to provide actionable content that you can use right away. And so you can determine if that supports you individually or not. So if this podcast has been helpful for you in any way, I know it can be for other educators as well. It would mean the world to me if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share the podcast on your Instagram stories so I can shout you out for supporting my mission and help us get in the ears of more educators who need this support, validation, all that great stuff. And in this episode, I want to talk a little bit more about decision fatigue. Now, we've talked about this on the podcast before with Stephanie Polovchik and how decision fatigue can really impact us during our planning times in episode 17. But I want to dive a little bit deeper. I want to talk about my recent experience realizing something that's been causing me decision fatigue. I want to talk about how this transition period from winter break can really increase the possibility of decision fatigue, give you a couple of ways that you can reduce this, and then sprinkle in a little pep talk at the end to really center you towards reducing that choice paralysis. And I've given this example before, but it's one of those things I'm really working on combating this year. But have you ever got home from work and your kids or your partner, they ask you, you know, what's for dinner? And it's like, you just cannot figure it out. Yeah, that is indicative of decision fatigue. Making a large number of decisions can be mentally exhausting. Like we make decisions about lessons, classroom management, student support, even just responding like to a colleague about something is still one of those thousands of decisions that we make every day. And our time is precious. So when we're overloaded by the number of decisions we have to make, it really impacts our ability to make timely decisions. So we end up just sitting there staring at a wall during our planning time. Or maybe that was just me. (laughs) But before I really get into how to reduce this, I want to give you a little bit of background about me so you can see or at least feel a little validated in your experience. Because even if I'm telling you from my experience the things that pop up or how I've overcome them in the past, I still have to deal with making changes to really allow myself the life I want to live and feel fulfilled. And the truth is that this whole process of burnout recovery isn't just some, yay, you're recovered, you're no longer going to experience burnout ever again. No, like it's a constant journey of self-awareness, change, and implementation over and over and over And so as you can tell, or maybe you don't know yet, I live a very busy life. My husband and I have five kids. One has left the nest, four of which live with us a lot of the time. My two daughters go to their dads every other weekend. My husband's two kids are split time with us and their mom. So needless to say, lots of moving pieces, even when it seems like all of the pieces are in the right place at the right given moment, a piece can move and it really shakes it up for us. And I'm super ambitious. I'm a high achiever in recovery. So when I get my brain on something, I I can't get it off. Like it just won't turn off. And I've struggled with this like my first few years in teaching because I would get constantly thinking about my kids and my class or the lessons that I'm planning. So in last week's episode, I told you how I worked with my transition rituals to really turn my work brain off so I could head home and focus on being a wife and a mom. But the truth is, because I'm so passionate about supporting educators and making a change, even when I'm done with my teaching job for the day, I was still constantly cycling through ideas of ways to support you guys, podcast topics or short video topics or, you know, responding to messages, scrolling or consuming content on TikTok, YouTube, what have you. And because I was consuming so much content, 
my brain was overloaded. Like I'd get an idea because I was inspired by a TikTok or a YouTube or whatever. And then my kid would be like, mom, can I have a bag of chips? And something really simple to answer like that. It was like my brain was overloaded with ideas, content, and it was like, uh. And even though I had strategies for dealing with decision fatigue from my school setting and had ways of like turning my brain from teacher mode to home mode, I was still overloading myself and self-imposing and creating decision fatigue for seemingly like simple questions for my own children at home. And I don't tell you any of that to say like, I'm a bad parent. That's definitely a moral judgment like I may have made before mindset training. But I say that to say, even little things that we think are just like disassociating or something we're really passionate about, it can lead us into this decision fatigue as well. I also say all of that to tell you, like, I'm not perfect. And you're not alone. Like, if you're struggling with decision fatigue, I am still working daily to maintain burnout recovery with boundaries that align with my values. And hopefully, if you resonate with my experience, it's going to save you the trouble of experiencing it and having to make changes in that moment. So when we experience this decision fatigue, it can actually be in conjunction with or a part of a stress response. And so often you'll hear me talk about fight or flight, but there's actually two other stages, one of which is freeze and the other is fawn. So when we experience that freeze response, we can procrastinate, we can disassociate. Those thousands of decisions that we make throughout the day can lead to the stress response to freeze and us experiencing that decision fatigue. So even when we don't realize that we're adding this decision-making to our day, like consuming content on social media, for me, I was having to make decisions about what I wanted to incorporate or how I wanted to adapt to TikTok to meet the needs of y'all. We can be self-imposing this stress and our brain is still making decisions just by consuming content or other activities without us even being aware. And after break is one of the hardest times to deal with decision fatigue. And there are a few reasons for this. For some of us, you know, the holiday season can be stressful. It can be a busy time, which can really take a toll on our energy and mental well-being. And this can make it harder for us to cope with the demands of work when we return from break. So for me, I had more free time to work on ideas that I had for good, relatable, actionable content for you guys. So my brain was stuck in break mode. Also think about it. The break itself can be really disruptive to the routine that we set. We probably spent the break either traveling or visiting family, enjoying doing what we want to do or taking time off of work. And while yes, we start to feel more like ourselves because we're actually doing what we want when we want, like using the restroom or just, you know, lounging on the couch and refusing to do anything but tell Netflix, yes, we are still watching. <laughs> that messes up our normal routines and it makes it harder to get back into the swing of things when that break is over. Not to mention, you may have had a lot of tasks that need to be completed or decisions that need to be made, which can be overwhelming and contribute to that decision fatigue. And decision fatigue in the classroom can really manifest in a number of ways. Difficulty making decisions, difficulty with planning and organization, decreased productivity, you know, decreased motivation. When we experience this decision fatigue, we can find it hard to make even like the smallest or routine decisions, or we may feel indecisive or just uncertain how to proceed with certain tasks. My kid asking me, can I have a bag of chips? is just like, bloop, 
overwhelming, right? Difficulty with that planning and that organization where we struggle with that prioritization of tasks or just, you know, creating a clear plan of action, which can lead to feeling overwhelmed. And because the mental energy that's required to make decisions can take away from the ability to focus on other tasks, we may find it that we're unable to complete tasks as quickly or as efficiently as we normally would because our brain is overwhelmed. And decision fatigue leads to that decreased motivation and sense of burnout, you know? Teachers can feel like they're less enthusiastic about their work and less invested in the success of their students. So we've got to be aware of how this impacts us as educators because there are strategies that we can use to really manage our workload and reduce that decision fatigue, such as setting boundaries, which I talked about in episode 15 with Spencer Cotter. And we can prioritize those tasks. We can take breaks to recharge. But systemizing is really the way that we can change the game. When we create systems and actually streamline our decision-making process, you can really reduce the number of decisions that you really need to make on a daily basis. When you have this clear, systematic approach to completing tasks, you can work quickly to identify what needs to be done and how to do it. That's going to save you time. And additionally, by reducing the number of decisions that you have to make, you can avoid wasting times weighing these different options and instead focus on getting those tasks done. Determining these clear procedures and having them in place is going to also help you identify these inefficiencies or areas that you can streamline your process even further, which is going to save time, right? So going back to what I said about scrolling and overwhelming myself. Creating a system to actually focus on what I want to do for the podcast and supporting educators is really a big thing that I had to do. Instead of allowing myself this unlimited time to scroll on my phone or make lists or do whatever, I had to set boundaries for my phone time, allowing myself the freedom to enjoy my family and truly be in the moment with them. So for me, That system to reduce my decision fatigue is just systemizing how I go about doing what I enjoy doing, creating a schedule where I can focus my energy and my time on what I want to create, which, you know, it sounds simple, but if you aren't even aware there's a problem or something that's impacting you, it can really affect you in the long run. And now you may not even realize what you're spending your time doing that's really adding decision-making to your day. So just making an inventory or a diary of what you're doing throughout your day is a really good first step. And then rather than trying to make decisions on the fly, using a structured process such as decision trees or decision matrices can really help clarify the options and their potential consequences, which can make the decision-making process less overwhelming. And if this sounds like something that you need in order to reduce decision fatigue, I have a brand new free resource on my website. It's called the Ultimate Teacher Guide to Reducing Decision Fatigue. And this is where we go over one of these tools in depth, and it gives you the option so that you can use that as well. You can grab that at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash decision fatigue or head over to the link in the show notes after you finish this episode. And while having this streamlined process and structure for decision-making process, reducing the decisions you have to make is another really effective strategy as well. You don't need to do all of the hard things of making decisions when there is actual technology that's going to do it for you. And we don't have to make things so complicated when actually 
interacting with our students is what's important. So simplifying your processes and reducing your overall workload is something that we can really impact the number of decisions that we're making every day. So we want to be able to take the actual decision-making away. And I want to encourage you to try doing this with artificial intelligence. So you may have heard recently about artificial intelligence and the free chat GPT increase of use. And look, I know how intimidating it can sound, but when it's free and it's easy and can help you automate some of your stuff, that's the way to do it. Now, if you haven't heard of chat GPT yet, it's kind of like, and I'm going to date myself with this here, but ask Jeeves on steroids. But just a quick little overview. GPT is short for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. And it's a natural language processing machine that learns through use. It's designed to be able to generate human-like text and used to perform a wide range of language-based tasks, such as translation, summarization, text generation. So one potential way that you could use this to reduce your workload is just by helping with lesson planning. For example, a teacher could provide the GPT with information about a topic they want to teach, the learning objectives they want to achieve, and then it's going to generate a detailed lesson plan with activities, discussions, and assessment idea. So this could really save you a significant amount of time and effort that would normally be spent, you know, planning lessons from scratch. I demonstrated this on TikTok, and I'm going to link that again in the show notes so you can see how to write differentiated and interactive lesson plans in less than 60 seconds. Another way that you can use it is to help with grading and feedback. So for example, if you're a teacher, you want feedback for individual students or your whole class. So this can be especially useful for tasks like providing feedback on written assignments because GPT can actually analyze the content, the structure of the assignment, and then generate personalized feedback based on the student's strengths and areas for improvement. Okay. Hello. Hello. So overall, like if you can really accept that the future is here in GPT-3 and artificial intelligence, it really has the potential to significantly reduce the workload of teachers by automating a variety of tasks related to lesson planning, grading, feedback. And for those of you who are kind of like freaking out inside, it's important to note this is not going to be a replacement for human teachers. It's just going to be up to you how and when to use it to support you in reducing decisions in your work. And earlier I mentioned how you can have this decision fatigue about dinner. A really good option for you is you can actually tell GPT, use what you have in your fridge right now to create three dinner recipes. I'm not kidding you. It can save you a lot of brain power. So all in all, decision fatigue is something that we can deal with because of the millions of decisions that we make as teachers, but it's also something that we can be self-imposing. That's why I shared this realization that I had with you all and my experience recently. So really streamlining our process of decision-making or reducing the decisions that we have to make by setting boundaries on our time and energy or using technology like ChatGPT to reduce the decision-making process are all amazing ways of really combating this fatigue. And I've been reading this book called Do Less by Kate Northrup. I totally recommend it. If you haven't read it, I'm going to put it in the show notes for you to grab. But I want to share this excerpt from her book 
as a pep talk. She says, I hereby am giving you permission to move toward only working on things that you love to do and that you're exceptionally good at and that move that needle forward in your career and in your life. While our culture likes to have us believe that there's some sort of inherent value in suffering and having to put our head down and simply grin and bear doing the things that we hate, there really isn't any inherent value in that. It's just exhausting and it prevents us from getting the results we could otherwise be getting if we were more focused on what is and isn't a good use of our time, freeing ourselves from that tyranny of shoulds. Listen, life has plenty of challenges that come with the territory. We don't then need to load on top of it doing work that we're not suited for or that drains us or is a waste of our time. While we absolutely grow stronger through adversity, I feel like life has enough adversity already without having us try to prove our worth through doing work that's frustrating, draining, and irritating. Why not move towards making our work a source of joy and replenishment as often as possible instead? And I think this excerpt really encompasses why we need to reduce decision fatigue, combat this burnout in order to keep our jobs as teachers fulfilling and sustainable. I want you to imagine just for a moment that you have the time the energy, the capacity to really do the things you want to do in education. And I can hear some of you now. I have to do all these things that are required by my administration that make it hard so I can't do what I want to do. But what if I told you that you could automate the majority of those tasks? I want to share with you guys before I announce it anywhere else that the waitlist for Simplify and Sustain with Educare Systems course is officially open. So if you're a teacher and you're tired of never having enough time to get everything done, you want more time to actually teach instead of all the paperwork, the emails, the stuff that just doesn't matter, or maybe you just want to learn how to set up automations so these tasks run on their own. This course is definitely going to be for you because I have yet to really bring this course into the hands of educators. You're going to definitely want to be one of the first to know when you can get your hands on this for the lowest price it's ever going to be. And what's going to be in this course is absolutely going to change the game for you. You're going to get access to the core training, which is Sustain and Simplify with Educare Systems. It's a step-by-step guide for building a unique system from scratch so you can beat that burnout, that overwhelm with simplification and automation. We're going to go through how to determine which are your energy draining and energizing tasks. We're going to talk about choosing tasks to automate. We're going to create systems and processes that are going to support you in being able to spend more time doing the things that you love and the technology that's going to support you in automating so you can pretty much set things and forget them. It's going to come with a printable or digital workbook to really help you with each step of the Educare framework to really get your individualized systems to work in your unique classroom. And you're going to get access to the Educare Simplification Tech Vault. And it's going to have templates. It's going to have how to use tech tutorials and so much more. There's going to be bonuses you're not going to get anywhere else. So if you want to get on this wait list, you want to head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash simplify, and you're going to want to be the first to know when this course launches and get it for the lowest price it's ever going to be. I can guarantee you that the stuff we're covering in this course is game-changing, and you're not going to get this information anywhere else. Remember, you are a resilient teacher. We're in this together. You've got this. 
Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tag me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.